0: Yes, Lord, and and just through your blood, like at the cross, what appeared to be apparent defeat, you brought the victory. You brought new life. You broke the power of sin and death over all who had turned to you, Lord God. You released new life into us, Lord God, spiritual life, resurrection power, Lord God, the presence of your spirit. We thank you for that. We thank you that you have called us and we are now part of your new creation, Lord. And we invite you, Jesus, to speak to us. We ask that you would help us to hear you, that you would give us eyes to see what you want us to see this morning as we gather in your name. Amen. All right, go ahead and take a seat. Welcome. It's good to see you. It's good to see some people haven't seen for a while. coming on out for Easter. I love it. Uh, And here we are. Let me uh, give some context uh, to Easter. Instead of just jumping into Easter Sunday, let's back up a little bit. Uh, Mike uh, Jensen covered this last week. I'm going to do a recap of this past week, this holy week. If you remember last Sunday, Palm Sunday, uh, this was the last week of Jesus' public ministry in Jerusalem. And on Palm Sunday, Jesus entered the city it was his triumphal entry. He was welcomed by the crowds at Jerusalem as king. And then Monday, Jesus went into the temple, the center of the worship in Jerusalem, and he brought judgment against it. He, he condemned it because it had become corrupt. He cleansed the temple and, uh, for its failure to bear fruit. That was Monday. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Jesus continued in the temple teaching them about the kingdom of God. And the religious leaders who were opposed to him and who were in charge of the temple, that opposition against him grew. And they tried to trap him, they tried to trip him up with questions. And he, of course, navigated those perfectly. He stumped them, he astonished the crowds. And the more popular Jesus became, the more the religious leaders there felt threatened and began to plot against him. By Thursday, uh, Judas had betrayed him. Uh, he would, they were preparing to find a way to, to kill Jesus, to get rid of him, but secretly at night because of the crowds. They didn't want to rile up the crowds. Later Thursday, uh, we had the Passover, the Passover meal with Jesus' disciples. He takes the bread, he takes the cup, symbolizing his body and his blood that would be shed for them, preparing them for what was to come. After that, later Thursday night, deep into the night, Jesus goes out with his disciples to Gethsemane. They pray, and there Jesus is arrested, led by Judas, and he's brought in to a group of the religious leaders, kind of a a sham, quick, at-night trial. He was interrogated, questioned. Uh, People brought charges against him. And in that interrogation, Jesus told them plainly that he is the Messiah, the Son of God. The religious leaders were furious at this. They beat him. They handed him over to the Roman authorities, pushing for them to crucify Jesus to get rid of them, to get rid of him. And Pontius Pilate, the governor, he couldn't really find anything wrong with what Jesus had done, but to appease the leaders, he gave in to their demands. So let's pick it up there in John's account. And as we read the events that John witnessed and recorded for us, picture them in your mind. Be present to them. See what John wants us to see. John 19, it's in your bulletin, it's online if you're with us there as well. John 19, verse 16, Pilate handed him, handed Jesus over to them, to these soldiers, to be crucified. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha, kind of this skull-like hillside where they crucified people. Verse 18, there they crucified him. And with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Crucifixion was the Roman way to show their dominance. They were routinely crucifying people that opposed them. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened To the cross, and it read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. It's on a a road, a thoroughfare there, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek so that no one would miss it. This is all very public for all to see. And what did they see? Let's say you're walking by this. You're seeing this. What did you see? Well, you saw the Romans win again. You saw the humiliation, the mockery of Jesus. And in that sign, the mockery of the Jewish people as well, that the Romans were ruling over. The cross was a symbol of terror, domination, and shame. It was an instrument of torture. It was only reserved for non-Roman citizens, slaves, criminals, rebels, the lowest. And again, its proclamation to the world is that Rome is in charge. Rome is Lord. Now, a real cross would be reused, stained with the blood of the victims. It was a horrible sight. You would never, never in the first century think about making a piece of jewelry out of a cross or decorating it like this, showing it like this in public. You would not want to see it. You would turn away instead of looking at it. It was a horrible sight. You would not sing about the cross. They crucified Jesus at 9 AM. Then three hours later at noon, we read this in Mark's account, 1533, at noon, darkness. Darkness came over the whole land. Picture that. Darkness coming over the whole land. You have this, the crosses until three in the afternoon, three hours of darkness. And then, verse 37, with a loud cry, Jesus on the cross breathed his last death by crucifixion was not only humiliating. You were, you were naked up there. The Jews probably got a provision where they could wear a little bit of a loincloth, but it was, it was, the purpose was to humiliate. It was not only humiliating, but it was also a slow, painful death. Some women were watching this, seeing it from a distance, followers of Jesus. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, in Salome. We also know that John the disciple was there watching, perhaps other disciples, but probably from a distance, because they're afraid. Like their leader, the one that they've associated with, is crucified. He's an enemy of the state. Many were in hiding. What did they see? What did they what was going on in them in that moment? It's got, you know, the darkness, the Jesus breathes his last. It's it's over, right? It's over. They've seen Jesus heal and bless and and forgive and and touch people, love people. They've seen him go around for the past three and a half years, do these amazing things that only God could do. They love Jesus, he was the best. And there he is on the cross. It's over over darkness, darkness in the sky, darkness in their hearts. It would have been heart-wrenching to see. Now, you know, on on several occasions in the past, Jesus said, on the third day, I will rise again. But you're looking at this, you're seeing the circumstances. You're seeing Rome win again. You're seeing death defeat God. You're not, I don't know if you could believe it. I'd have a hard time believing it on the third day. How is he going to rise again from that? Sometimes it's like us, right? We see darkness. Things are dark, things are bleak. Disappointment, frustration, hardship, loss, grief. How is this ever going to be good again? I miss that person. I've lost this. I've lost that. And in those dark moments, man, it's easy to listen to the darkness. Right? It's easy to listen to messages like you're on your own. Evil has won again. Right? It's over. We can do that. That's an option. Or despite the darkness, despite what we see with our eyes, we can remember And stand on and trust what Jesus has said. I am with you. I am for you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, in this world you'll have much trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Be strong and courageous, for I, the Lord, am with you wherever you go. It's a choice. Jesus breathed his last. Next, a Roman soldier pierced Jesus' body in the side to make sure he was dead. He was. Then, with special permission from Pilate and help from Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea. Nicodemus and Joseph are actually part of that, those religious leaders. They didn't all condemn Jesus. There were some that had eyes to see who he was. They took his body down from the cross. They wrapped him in linen and laid him in a tomb. They sealed that tomb with a large stone. And that's how Friday ended. Saturday came. The Sabbath, the day of rest, Saturday ended, the last day of the week. Then, on the third day, Sunday, Jewish week, the first of seven days going back to when? When did God set that up? Genesis 1, the beginning of creation. On the first day, God created Right, that kicked off his creation. So on this Sunday, something happens. S- surprising. John 20, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark. We were just talking about um, sunrise services. This was even before sunrise on Sunday. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw. She saw something. She saw that the stone that had sealed the tomb had been removed from the entrance. Okay, this is unexpected. This is weird. This is strange. This is not what she expected to see. Remember, she was there. She saw Jesus on the cross. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple. This is John, the one uh, writing this. And said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. So apparently she peeked in there. She saw where Jesus was laid out in the tomb that he was gone. We don't know where, we, where they've put him. The tomb where Jesus' dead body laid was empty. Now, just so you know, Jewish burial custom, they would leave the body in the tomb for a year. It would decompose. They'd take the bones, put them in a box, and keep them in the tomb. So this is strange. This does not happen. This is weird. Then bigger news trickles in. A group of women who had originally gone to the tomb with Mary saw Jesus. They claimed to see Jesus. Jesus appeared to them. They took hold of his feet and worshipped him when they saw him. Then Jesus appeared separately to Mary Magdalene. Then Jesus told them, these women, to go tell the disciples the news go tell them what they saw so they go and what happened when the women told the disciples John Peter those guys what they saw Luke 24:11 they did not believe the women because their words seemed to be like nonsense right probably my reaction because we saw Jesus on the cross we saw him shredded we saw him dead It's so hard to believe because of what they saw. It seemed too good to be true. Then in the afternoon, same Sunday, Easter Sunday, more appearances. Jesus appeared to Cleopas and another disciple as they headed out of Jerusalem. They're leaving. They're like, okay, it's over. We're we're heading out as they were heading out toward Emmaus. All right. So what's happening? What's happening here? Jesus told them this would happen. And what Jesus said would happen is happening. The tomb is empty. Jesus has been seen by many different people in different places around Jerusalem. News is spreading. And because of this, the disciples who had scattered, remember they scattered and fled when Jesus was arrested. They started coming back together again. Those guys that were headed out to Emmaus, they came back to Jerusalem. They came back to where the disciples were staying. All right. By Sunday evening, same day, Easter, they're together. Let's see what they saw. John 20, verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, sharing the stories, talking amongst each other, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, right? They're they're a threat still. You know, they could come after them. Jesus came in and stood among them and said, Peace. Be with you. Now, that is a good thing to remember when things are dark, when you're frightened, the doors are locked. Remember Jesus' words, Peace. This is the first phrase to them, Peace be with you. After this, he showed them so that they could see it. He showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. They see Jesus. They see the nail marks. They see the wound in the side. Jesus is here. He's back. How? Here he is. Verse 24, now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. He missed out. Maybe he was in high, you know, we don't know where he was at this time. So the other disciples told him, when they saw him, we've seen the Lord. We have seen him. Jesus is back. Just like he said, remember he told us this, he's back. But he, Thomas, said to them, listen, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger, I'm going to need to touch this, put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, unless I get that opportunity, I will not believe. Right? Thomas, man, his grief and his distress at seeing Jesus, his Lord, crucified, the one who saved him, dead. He saw that his grief and distress has just hardened his heart. I will not believe unless I see it, unless I touch him, unless he comes to me. He's protecting himself. We do this, right? It's, It's dangerous to hope, it's risky. We've been hurt. We've all been hurt, hoping and something would happen. He's protecting himself here. Jesus, Jesus is kind, though. A week, a week later, the following Sunday, his disciples were in the house again. Jesus had told them to remain in Jerusalem. They're in the house again. Thomas was with them this time. Okay, so he's hanging around here. Though the doors were locked, same thing, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out and put it into my side. Then Jesus says something to Thomas, something to you and me. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas sees Jesus' hands. Thomas touches the marks On his hand and his side, then verse 28, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Thomas saw and now he sees clearly who Jesus is, my Lord and my God. Thomas sees and believes. Thomas sees Jesus clearly now. Then Jesus tells Thomas something about you and me today. Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed, listen, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. It's appeared over four, 500 disciples. I've listed some of those uh, in your bulletin. This is not one person claiming to have had an encounter with Jesus somewhere. This is multiple witnesses spread apart, spread around um, over this period of 40 days. It's widespread. And today, 2,000 years later, hundreds of millions of people all over the world have experienced the risen Lord Jesus and say to him, my Lord and my God. Many of us are here today. There's people all over the world Korea, Ethiopia, Argentina, Iran, China, Russia, the UK have experienced the presence of Jesus with us. Thomas went on and proclaimed the good news about Jesus to people in India. He brought the gospel to southern India, where it took root. Uh, The church was born there. He's alive. Stop doubting. Start believing. Trust it. Put your your weight on it. Start keeping your eyes on him and following him and watch him lead you into life. We're going to celebrate this now. We're going to sing. Just take this in. Remember it. If you're you're unsure about it, ask us questions. Um, Wrestle with it. We're here to do that with you. And let's just spend this time singing this song together. Let's ask the question now. Go ahead and take a seat. How are we blessed today by this good news, Jesus' death and resurrection? A question, why were Adam and Eve sent out of the garden and banished from the tree of life? Sin. Why was Israel sent out of the promised land? Sin. Why were people blocked from going in behind the curtain into the holy holies, into God's presence in the temple? Sin. Why today are many people today still separated from God's presence? Sin. Sin separates us from God's presence. And we're all guilty. We've all fallen short. And Jesus' death and resurrection has opened the way for you and me, Thomas, Mary, you, me, all of us to come back into God's presence. Actually to come into God's presence now with freedom and confidence. Because Jesus has paid for your sins in full. That's why he went through it. To release us from that separation, to bring us close again. Your first fill in there. How is it a blessing for us today? Is opened the way for you, me, anyone who will take it to come back to God. The worst of us, the best of us. God has opened the way through Jesus' death and resurrection for us to come back to God. A few, week after, a few weeks after Jesus' death and resurrection, the disciples had gone out, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to proclaim the good news about Jesus, to call others in, to point out this new way that had been opened to them to come back to God. Peter was in Jerusalem. There's a huge crowd there for another feast. And he's proclaiming the message to them, pointing to them this new way that God has opened up. Listen to this. Acts 2.38, Peter said to the crowd, repent, turn, turn, and be baptized. Every one of you, it's for everyone, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive The gift of the Holy Spirit. God's personal, powerful presence in you and with you. This promise of the Spirit is for you and for your children and for all whom the Lord our God will call. For all whom the Lord our God will call includes Mike and Marisa. They're going to come on up. They've heard the good news about Jesus. They've heard about this way. They've said, yes, thank you, Jesus, we will take it. They've turned to him and are learning to follow him in all areas of their lives. And now they are obeying Jesus' command to be baptized. Now the word baptized means to be immersed. When the people, when they go down into the water, it's a picture of them being cleansed of their sins the sins that have separated them from God, being cleansed and forgiven because of what Jesus has done for them. It's a picture of them going down into the water, dying to the old way of life, lived without God, lived according to their own ways. And then coming out of the water, it's a picture of being cleansed, a picture of new life, of rising again in this new life with God, to seek him, to follow him, to trust him more and more, and to grow in that. You guys ready? I like it. You yeah. you match. Yeah. I know. I'm a little brighter than you. I did. I did. That was good. All right. So Mike and Marisa, good to see you. Uh, and repeat after me. All right. I turn away from my old life lived under sin, and turn to a new life, and turn to a new life with God. With I receive the gift. Of Jesus' sacrifice for my sins, for my sins. They, are paid in full. they are paid in full. I believe that Jesus is Lord, I that Jesus is Lord. Risen, from the lo- risen from the dead, risen from the dead. And, present now with us. and present now with us. And now Jesus is Lord of my life.
1: And now Jesus is Lord of my
0: life. Amen. Amen. All right. A couple more questions. We're getting there. Uh, Now, is it your aim to love the Lord your God? Your aim, the target, with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Yes. All right. And is it your aim to to learn to love others as uh, Christ loves you? Yes. Yes. All right. And will you join the mission of God's church to help others know and follow Jesus?
1: Yes. Absolutely.
0: Excellent. Now, congregation, brothers and sisters in Christ, Listen, will you do your part to make this a holy and loving community that helps people like Marisa and Mike and the rest of us to continue to know and follow Jesus? If so, say, I will. I will. All right. We're in this with you guys. <laughs> All right, so um, Marisa, you're getting to go first, right? No, yeah, Mike I- is. Okay, <laughs> we'll let Mike go. <laughs> no, Mike. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> So, Mike, share with us why you're being baptized
1: today. Um, so, it's not about uh, being saved. I was already saved when I accepted Jesus as my Savior, um, probably during like Bible study or men's group or watching The Chosen or something. <laughs> um, it's about commitment. Uh, it's about um, committing myself to this relationship with God um, by washing away my old self, stepping into my new self. Um, It's about showing my commitment publicly to my family, both my wife and Dempsey, um, God, and my church, all of you. Amen. Um, Yeah.
0: it's awesome. (laughs) Thanks. Well, come on in. See if it's still warm. Yeah, hold the rails. That's good. Oh, it's great. Ah, nice. We're nice here at Open Table Church. There's no ice in there. (laughs) All right, why don't you stand up? I want I want you to get the full effect. All right, Mike. We've heard your good confession of faith before God, before your brothers and sisters, and in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we baptize you. And alive in the new. Go ahead, stand up. We'll pray for you. Join me in praying for Mike. You can put your hand on him too. Lord, we thank you for our brother. We thank you, Jesus, for calling him to yourself. And Lord, he was receptive to your call. He heard your good news. He said, yes, Lord, I'll take that. And we ask that you would now bless him Uh, To to the fullness with your Holy Spirit, Lord God, continue to bless him with your love, your joy, your peace, your powerful presence, Lord God. We thank you for being witnesses of this, Lord God. We thank you for what you have ahead for Mike, Lord Jesus. Um, Help him stay close to you and help him continue to be a blessing to others. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask Marisa while Mike gets out, uh, would you share with us why you're being just? Why are being baptized? Um,
1: I don't. Know, I don't even know if I can talk after this. <laughs>
0: gotcha. I told you we should have had it go first. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: how great is our God? Like. Amen. I cannot talk, but I have so many feelings right now. God has worked in my life in so many different ways, like. Uh, I grew up in a Christian family, but I actually never understood uh, the true message. I never understood what Jesus did for us. And now I do, and I want to give my life to God. And I want my family to love him as much as he loves us. I want to raise my kid in a family where God is... The center, and like God is so great, and He loves us so much. I, I I don't have any words. Like He's He's so amazing. Like why wouldn't give my life to Him? After all He did for us.
0: Just Amen. He's great. Amen. I, Amen.
1: Sorry guys, that's awesome. I love I, I it. Hope you understood Thank the story, you. But Thank you. So many feelings. Yeah.
0: Why don't you come on up? Today is the day. Well, Marisa, we've heard your good confession of faith. Yeah, this, Jesus saw this day long ago. He knew you would come to this moment. And it's perfect. It's his plan. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for calling our sister, Lord God. You called her at a young age, Lord Jesus. And now she's really, uh, she gets to market. She's wanted to be baptized, and this is her day, Lord Jesus. We thank you for how you've blessed her already, Lord God. We thank you for the many blessings that you have ahead for her, Lord Jesus, and her family. We thank you for filling her heart, Lord Jesus. We ask that you continue to fill her with your love, your joy, your peace, your amazement, Lord God, gratitude, Lord Jesus. And bless her family as well with your spirit, with your love. We baptize you now, Marisa, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, go on in. Sit down. Dead to the old. (laughs) Alive in the new. Yes. All right, let's pray for her. Lord Jesus, thank you for Marisa. We love her. We thank you for our family. We thank you for how you do this, Jesus, across the world. Uh, And right here, Lord God, bless our sister uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. You're welcome. Be careful. Hold on to that. Yes, Lord, we thank you for this, Lord God. We thank you for coming for us laying it down for us, Lord Jesus, rising again, rising us up into new life with you, Lord God. Help us to carry that with us today, carry you with us, Lord, as we go into this day, this week, Lord God, remembering who you are and your presence with us. Amen. All right. That was awesome. Um, Let's do uh, some Easter out. And if you've never seen these Easter games, at least stick around to watch because it is quite a spectacle. So if you have kids, yeah, if you have kids in the nursery, you'll want to go get them and bring them out. And here's the order of events. We're going to do the egg hunt, 0 to 6 years old, behind the blue tape. We're going to line up by this sign. You'll see an egg hunt sign. So bring your kids 0 to 6 there. We're going to run that one. And then we'll do 7 and up. You know what? You define what and up is. So uh, we'll do that under the green area here. There's another green uh, sign over here for that. We'll do that afterward. Then we're going to do the egg toss. Real eggs, high stakes, egg toss. We're going to do that over here. And then we're going to do the egg bowl, where somehow, for some reason, I've been chosen to put a bucket on my head. And you're going to toss eggs into the bucket. So that's the lineup. Uh, If you want prayer, you can get it here. If uh, I'll be there getting prayer for, uh, to prevent the eggs hitting me, um, there's coffee here. And we will next gather to the egg hunt and start that up. Thanks for joining us this Sunday. Farewell.